and welcome to Say Hi to the Future, a podcast aimed at highlighting the human side of ingenuity, clever, inventive, and original thinking. My name is Ken Tenser, CEO of SpiderWorks, a leading business consultancy for mid-market organizations and entrepreneurs globally. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. With me today is Jessica Kruger, founder of Luxtra, a fashion company creating accessories crafted from the most innovative, vegan, and sustainable materials available. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Jessica Kruger, welcome to Say Hi to the Future. Hi, thank you very much. So Jessica, I was I was listening to some interviews or some tape you did a few years ago. It was about the female lead in 20 in their 20s. Um, this was leading up to you founding the, the restaurant called Ethos. And you talked about wanting to do something meaningful with your life. So w- tell us a little bit about what meaningful means to you and how Ethos played into that. Meaningful is something that I really care passionately about, and and I found that my my big passion um, back in sort of 2012, and that's animal welfare. Uh, I watched documentary around that time, and um, I saw sort of you know what you know you saw see behind the scenes of what happens, and I thought I don't want anything to do with that for my life, uh, have any part of that going forward. So. Yeah, I changed a lot of things in my own lifestyle, but then I wanted to do something bigger and have more impact on the world. So that's, that's sort of where my business journey began. And so I, I think some of that came from your mom, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. She uh, she went from Australia to the West Coast of America. Tell us about that farm and a farm yeah. with the, I think it was animals same for, saved from factory farming. Exactly. Exactly. The, the name of the farm specifically is Animal Sanctuary. And you know, I've been living in Europe for the past mm, decade or more. And I was back at home in, in Australia for Christmas one year, I think 2011 or 12. And mum mom was getting ready to, you know, getting prepared of what she's going to wear on this farm and like what she has to do differently. And she had to become a vegan to go and work on there. And this is sort of a time when the V word was still quite um, <laughs> taboo or not very, um, not very appealing for many people. Big debate about that, whether it's still appealing now. But um, uh, so she, she was going to work on this plant on animal farm sanctuary in the States, leaving my, my dad and the dog at home for six months. Um, and she was doing it for you know, quite a long winded story but you know it's something she became very passionate about um and then i once i understood what she was doing it sort of it definitely changed my life and set me off on the path i'm on now now from this you opened or you founded a restaurant called ethos so tell us about ethos and tell us tell us about the leap to becoming an entrepreneur because this (laughs) was not something that you had done before no, exactly. You know, sort of going back to your point a moment ago about doing something you care about. It's it's one thing that I found that I really did care about is show is is living a cruelty free lifestyle, and you can become quite upset when you realise the extent to which the world doesn't operate on the same basis. So I felt like I really had to do something. I couldn't just like do my own little thing in my own little kitchen. I really wanted to show people without ever preaching because that's when you start turning people off. You know, it's, let's okay, let me show people, let me show how wonderful it can be. And um, uh, and the, the restaurant that I created, I moved. To 
from Switzerland to London to create it. Uh, it was about like a beautiful setting and something that would be really attractive to a lot of people. And the food would be on display, and but really beautiful, colourful, and enticing. So that's that was um, uh, that was the concept behind behind Ethos. And and to your point about jumping into it cold and not having any experience, that's yeah, that's exactly what I did. I wasn't. I had a job. I was working in an advertising agency. And I was like, nope, I'm going to move countries and start a restaurant. And I did. <laughs> no, that's that, One, that's pretty cool. Also, it's pretty adventurous. I mean, I've, I've been an entrepreneur for a while. And I, I know that, you know, the gut check that we all go through is um, incredible, especially at the beginning. I'm sure you had a few nights where you're walking around and it was 2 a.m. going, and why am I doing this? <laughs> Still have those, yep. <laughs> so, it's it's funny. After I think it was my second business, and I was in New York, and I was speaking to a longtime entrepreneur, and I said, "When does it go away?" And he said, "I think." He said, "I I don't know yet." He was, he was in the seventies. He said, I, "I think when you sell and retire." Um, so I yeah. think we have a ways to go, the both of us. But sounds like you 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 talked about. Um, the culture of entrepreneurs, I think, in, mm -hmm. in one of the interviews. And what was it about the culture of entrepreneurs or, or how you see the culture of entrepreneurs that said, yeah, I, I can do this? I sort of felt like I had no choice in a way. It's the only thing I really cared about enough to, you know, when I guess when you're a young person in your 20s, you're like, what do I do for my career? And like, you know, you think, oh, I mean, I started off, I studied architecture at university and that wasn't for me. I only did one year of it, then I changed. And then I did this thing in Paris and I did that thing in Geneva and, you know, and then finally it lit up and I realized, oh, wow, this is what I really care about. This is what I'm going to do. And then to your point about culture of entrepreneurs, I think the phrase that I used in that video was like people, you know, failing and getting back up and starting again and trying. I mean, not necessarily you have to have your whole business fail to be able to you know, do better. I have daily failings and it's like, right, okay, let's not do that again. Um, or, you know, where I'm at with my current business is like, okay, something's maybe still not quite working. Let's reel it back. Let's start again. Or, you know, not start again from scratch, but, you know, you've got to always be constantly evaluating and trying to optimize. So, so it's um, interesting timing because um, as this video or this podcast is going to air, we're having our first, uh, well, we've had a number of event activations for Say Hi to the Future. The next okay. one is on resilience. Uh -huh, um, sounds like resilience is a very <laughs> big part of your journey. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of things in my life personally included that uh, you just you just think, okay, well, I've, I've got to get through this. Yeah, maybe I go home and cry at times or, you know, I need to lean on people. But it's when I come back and think, why am I doing this? What's the bigger picture that I really keep pushing through? And and sometimes it's my ego as well. I don't want to be a quitter, um, which, you know, sometimes you can be a bit hard-headed and you, maybe you should quit um, because maybe there, I think there's even a book about this, um, The Dip or something by Seth Godin. Maybe got the author wrong, but I know it's called dip. It's like there are times when quitting is actually a good thing because you can take those learnings and apply them in something that's much more productive. But um, so it's, it's that fine balance of knowing, okay, do I just keep pushing through and or like should I pivot or should I stop? I wish there was this magic formula too, because I mean, as an entrepreneur, you you have to you have to have the audacity to say I can do this. 
And I think one of the things that that all entrepreneurs share are people telling them, no, you can't, no, you shouldn't, no, it won't work. And you you have to to shut off to that. And you're right on the other side of it is, hey, I wonder if they're right. When, when did, what is that point? So uh, but it doesn't seem like you've you've hit that point because as you just said, you've you you sold out of ethos and now you've moved on. Yeah. I mean, with my current business now, Luxtra, which is, you know, some people, when I first started, they're like, you were in restaurants and now you're in fashion. How is that? How do you even do that? For me, it's very simple because it's the same underlying reason I'm doing it is the animal welfare, trying to make the world a, a kinder place. It's in one just industry, but yeah, sure. Now I'm just applying it to a different industry and it's still consumer goods, consumer services. So it's not like I'm all of a sudden in a tech business. One of the things that's interesting, if you can tell us a little bit more about Luxra, when I was reading about it, a lot of the materials are, are come from fruit. So tell us what you're making and how fruit plays into it, because I, I have never heard <laughs> of, of that type of manufacturing process before. Yeah, so Luxra is a sustainably minded fashion accessories brand. So we make bags, backpacks, wallets. I don't see exactly what you were saying, these um, plant-based, a lot of them are fruit-based materials. And they're sort of trying to be a leather-like material. That's another big, big world of debate is whether you're allowed to call them or should even call them leather-like or whatever. But um, that's not a can of worms. But um, so some we work with are made partly from cactus, made partly from pineapple leaves. I've worked with some that are made from mango. There's apple. I haven't worked with grape yet. Uh, these are so this when I say grape leather, it's sort of um, some of the waste products from the grape industry or slash wine industry are incorporated into these materials, but they're not like. 90% grape. There, there's binders and things like that. So when people first hear about these materials, that's one of the first things they think. A lot of people say, can I eat it and this and that? But you know, no, they're not going to melt in the rain. They've been treated so that they won't and so that they are durable. But yeah, there's a whole there's a whole world of materials out there. You know, some are made from like the, the grains from beer, um, but like sort of the, the hops that have the things. A lot of them are made with waste products, I guess is, is sort of like a common theme. So, Jessica, how do you go from a restaurant to Luxtra? Because, yes, I, I completely understand the theme of, of innovative vegan, sustainable materials, um, true to your passion, true to your values. But what a leap between bringing 50 people in or 100 people in to have a, a, a meal and making making a bag out of you know, partially out of waste, waste yeah. food. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll just clarify. I don't actually make the materials themselves. I purchase them from the companies that are innovating. Uh, and then I do the manufacturing of bags and, and accessories from that. But yeah, to answer your question, I, I'm somebody that's a little bit impatient. I sort of don't want to have to work four years in industry and then maybe start my own thing. I, I want to get in, get moving, start my own thing. I'll learn on the job, which is, of course, what I do. The, the learning curve is almost vertical, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and then, you you know, you bring people in. You know, LinkedIn's great. I found my product developer at that point. She was the one who worked with me for the very more than a year to start with, showing me how you make a bag and introduced me to manufacturers, showed me how you do the technical drawings. So, you know, you, I'm, I'm like a big sponge. I just grab, um, talk to people. I'm really friendly and I, I try to be really friendly. Uh, people tend to like, like to talk to me because I'm quite warm and open. So I just, you know, take as much as I can learning wise. 
But but what is that first spark? Did you did you come did you come about the materials as you said and, and thought you know maybe with your advertising your marketing background your passion that you could do something different with it? I mean because again, it, it's it's just it's it's a it's a big leap. <laughs> sure, yeah, sure, sure. So I didn't. I thought I would be with my restaurant for at least a decade, but my business partner and I started to to see things differently after a while. So one of us probably needed to move on. I thought it would be him, and in the end, it turned out to be me. <laughs> so you've always got to be prepared. It happens. Um, it does. It does. So that's why I'm doing my business on my own this time around. So there's no sort of disagreement, shall we say? So it was like, okay, well, what's what do I do now? I was expecting to be with my business for, like I said, a long time with the restaurant. I found myself without my baby anymore. And I, you know, I tried to get a job, but I guess my skill set is a little bit all over the place. So no one wanted to hire me. And I thought, right, so I'm going to take charge of my future and I'm going to build something again. I don't know why, maybe I'm being, being a bit naive, which I'm sure is a good, it's an essential part because you wouldn't do it if you knew the you knew what was ahead of you. And I just thought, okay, well, it's not, it's not rocket science. Like literally there are billions of bags probably out there. It's like someone knows how to, a lot of people know how to do this. I'm not stupid. So I'm sure I can work it out. That's sort of my approach. It seems to have worked. It, so, <laughs> so, where, where, what, what's your distribution model? Where can people find Luxtra? Yeah, we're um, a direct-to-consumer brand, which means we, we ship directly to consumers from our website. We don't have any wholesale, so we're not in many shops because um, the markup rate is just huge, and I don't really feel that's a fair price to charge people when, you know, uh, it's, I think it offers people a better price, a better, a better value right. for us if we offer it at a better, a better margin um, for the consumer. And we do have some third-party websites that we're on. There's one called Immaculate Vegan, which is like a fashion vegan shop with sort of really nice, nice things. And they take a percentage rather than like marking it up three times. So yeah, we're at luxtralondon.com uh, is where you can find us or on Instagram at luxtralondon. Well, I, I hope some of the listeners go there because <laughs> um, it's I, I took a look. I mean, it, it really is interesting looking or beautiful looking. And, and the backstory was incredible. I, I, well, let's stick to materials. Uh -huh. I'm so fascinated by that. You're 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 also involved now with a material innovation initiative. Yes. What is that? So I let me material innovation initiative I call it MII. So MII is a nonprofit that's essentially trying to help the world use more sustainable materials and a lot of them are cruelty free. So the big focus of MII is trying to show brands and help brands how they can use leather alternatives. I work as an ad hoc advisor to them. So I'm not part of their daily team or anything like that, but we're in touch regularly. I, I'm, I speak on the panels when they do talks and, you know, we, we help each other. I, I, I'm looking for fundraising at the moment. So I reach out to them and they put me in touch and when they need help on brands and how things, on how things manufacture and how things sew, they'll talk to me because I have that expertise so it's a really nice um you know two-way conversation and we're both again it comes back to that mission we're all trying to improve materials around the planet and what do you what do you think the future is then of sustainable materials what's what's the journey for it 
as as we're probably all seeing, sustainability is becoming a hot topic, and I think only growing and will only continue to grow. I don't think it's a trend or a fad that will go away, especially when we have you know severe weather weather events that show people that it is it really is happening. Climate change, and as a result, we've got huge amounts of money being poured into these materials like never before and so we see that the development of them is very it's, you know speeding up and iterations of you know I, i've worked with many of these companies either on like a like a sort of temporary advisor actually as a paid consultant helping them develop and you know the speed of change and how well they're the materials are advancing is is very fast and one i mean i remember speaking to one company it's sort of a legacy company they worked with um polymers in Italy, they, they were sort of one of the first polyurethane, so faux leather as we tended to know it. Mm -hmm. And they said they developed, they were working on this rice, I think it was a rice-based leather for like probably a decade. And like it just, it never got off the ground because there wasn't the, the will and the money. Right. But now people are putting money in and, you know, things are changing like uh, this. So it's really exciting and I, I can only see it, the materials getting better and better. So the consumers might never know the difference. A lot of people think that being the first in the market is always the best, but I think that now that there's a, a bit of a groundswell, I think that that uh, sometimes eases our, our, our journey. What are some of the untapped natural materials that you're seeing? Some of the, the materials that we could be seeing in the future. I mean, you've, you've already mentioned apples and, and I think it was mangoes and pineapple. Where, where do we go next? Well, I think again, MII, who's is a really good resource um, on this. I think they've listed like ninety companies around the world that are working on these materials. They're not all like leathers. Some of them are like trying to be an alternative to silk, which is you know, which is not a vegan. It, it involves killing of animals. Silk. Um, some are furs. But, um, so there's lots of different companies. Primarily, it's a fashion. So you know, clothing and apparel and leather things is their focus. But then, of course, we can talk about furniture and we can talk about footwear and we can talk about um, automotive. So there's lots of applications, but sort of a lot for a lot of these companies, the beachhead is, is the fashion industry, specifically bags, because it's sort of the easiest one to do. And so, I mean, I've, I've mentioned a lot of sort of the more cool ones like grape, apple, pineapple. I've seen scoby from the top of kombucha. Like some people are trying to turn that into a, into a material. There's like beer, waste. There's obviously the myceliums, the mushroom based, which I think some of them have still a little way to go. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard that things like strawberries, however, do not work well in a leather because they've got too high liquid content or something. So it's not like you can just whack yeah. any whack any plant or, or um, fruit in the machine and it will come out. A mulberry, like mulberry skin, uh, mulberry leaves from from the silk plant. Yeah, if you go on MII's website and you go to resources and you go to the innovator profiles, you'll see like the, all the lists. Very nice, and and no, I I think that's. <laughs> It's just so interesting to hear you talk about it because it's certainly not things that I would have thought about. And if I'm not mistaken, um, Luxfer is also a B Corp. Tell us a little bit more about B Corp and the B Corp movement. Yeah, so B Corp has been around for, for quite a while now. I think we're coming up to being a thousand in the UK. B Corp is blending purpose with profit. So it's it's not a it's not a charity. If you're a B Corp, you're not a charity. You're making a pledge that yes, you're going to do business and you're making money, but you're doing it in a way that takes care of planet, people, um, animal welfare and things like that. 
B Corp, to become a B Corp, what you have to do is you have to get a certain score out of this big uh, questionnaire that they have. Not every company will have the same. Uh, it's not like you have to get 10 out of 10 here and 10 out of 10 there on all the same metrics. So you can have a bit of a blended range. Some people are much, much stronger on the social aspect. You know, it's about paying people living wages or what's the difference between your highest paid employee and your lowest paid employee. Is it 10,000 or is it more like four? what's sort of the ratio there and there's also part about giving back to the planet you know donating percentage of your top line revenue as opposed yeah. to just profits because it's not always the same thing well it sounds like a great stamp to have uh for your business and you, you recently it's not a stamp but you won an award for mary claire for best sustainable small business i mean that that sounds incredible yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And we were very pleased to to win that uh, category. Yeah, it's it's a very nice recognition of all the things that we're really trying to do. And despite being a very small business, you know, we really are going above and beyond to try and do things better. And to have that recognition is really nice. The same thing being said, it's not like all of a sudden our sales have you know, gone tenfold. I would love that to be the case, but maybe with time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, so when you're talking about time, what do you see as a is a future of Luxra? I mean, is is it different products, more countries? How, how does it look to grow? Yeah. Um, so, I'm as I mentioned, I'm raising money at the moment, and the team. So, the first stage is hiring a designer. Sort of taking back, harking back to your comment earlier about people with different opinions. I've had feedback that the products are too plain, or like they're not enticing enough. Um, that's feedback both from people in the industry and from customers. So it's like, okay, let's bring on a designer. Let's really mm -hmm. take this up a notch. Looking at the branding, I think from when I started Luxtra in 2000, working on Luxtra in 2017 to now, I feel like the world has evolved. So maybe we need to shift our branding to appeal to more people. But then there's a bigger picture as well that I want Luxtra to innovate on the supply chain. Manufacturing at the moment is feels still, still feels very industrial revolution you know you've got to ship it over there and you've got to get the thread from over there and you know like all the moving parts that go into the fashion supply chain is just mind-boggling so i feel like i really want to dive into that maybe that would give us more of a competitive advantage because fashion is a very saturated market i'm not the only person doing handbags and i think to really set us apart we need to think smarter as opposed to just like working harder or doubling down on what we're doing so thinking bigger picture right is what we have well at each level we hit i mean there's always that next challenge so it's, it sounds like you're thinking about it and, and thinking about going forward with it and i i also i also notice in terms of thinking about the future you're, you're taking your phd yes yes i mean <laughs> <laughs> Juggling it all is a little bit difficult, yeah. but um, <laughs> uh, and now I have a boyfriend, so that just <laughs> not my time's not really my own anymore. But that's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at. I, I don't have this area of my thesis right now, but it will be something to do with sustainability or the fashion industry. But what my school does, which is an American business school in Paris, which I think you have also been to, or you're, you're currently at. I am, yes, I'm doing lecturing. my doctorate there as well. Yeah, yeah. I think the beauty of it is that you get to do all these electives as part of your coursework. So, it's, yeah. you know, I, what did I do earlier? I did Agile. 
um, methodology and which I'm incorporating into my business now and it's wonderful. So I really like that aspect. It's not just three years on one paper. You get to explore all the different, yeah. um, uh, different electives that, that interest you. Yeah, no, it's that, that sounds great. And it is, um, it's been a great experience for me the same way, just, uh, to learn and share with people from different parts of the world and areas that I, <laughs> I'm a little bit older than you. So areas that just didn't exist when I did my undergrad or even my master's. So I found yeah. it, uh, I, I find it really, really um, great. Just, yeah. just listening here and learn. Stimulating. So, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Jessica, as our time comes to a close uh, on say hi to the future, I just have one last question. Um, one of the other comments I heard you make online was that your teenage self would have been proud of you, which is which is a, a wonderful thing to say. In in five years now, what would your what would make you proud? Or Luxra to be having a really big impact on the planet in a positive way. <laughs> Just underline that, that, that aspect. Yeah. We've all got egos. I want to have success in my life as well, but of course I want to be doing good whilst I, whilst I can achieve those goals, those personal goals. So Luxra to be household name or to be on the arm of Billie Eilish or, you know, <laughs> all of those wonderful things would be amazing. Well, <laughs> I, I wish you all the success, Jessica. And, and thank I thank you so much for, for being on the show today. Thank you, Ken. Lovely to be here. Take care. Bye-bye. If you enjoy this episode and you want to support our show, leave us a review and join our mailing list by visiting www.spider.works. That's S-P-Y-D-E-R.works and subscribe to our channel. Leave us a comment with who we should interview next. Thank you for listening and see you all next Friday.